You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory, uh, and I am in Craig's house right now. We are doing a show. Uh, not Maddie. We didn't want Maddie here. Uh, me and Craig are doing a show with Maddie uh, from Craig's house of Wichita. So we'll, we'll just we'll just kick it to that guy out on the outside. Find him on Twitter at Chief and K in Atlanta. Maddie, what's going on, my friend? I'm doing good. I, I'm liking all the tales of uh, Craig's house. If we're calling this mansion a house, I'm not sure if that's what we really want to go with. But like. You've heard tall tales about these things. No, this is more than surpassed anything you ever heard. I mean, do you have anything to say for yourself, Craig? I just think that the way you guys are going to sell this, the four people that listen to this podcast that know me are are just going to be sitting here thinking that this is just awful, <laughs> awful content. They know better. So do they have like an annual pass from your security guard or do they still have to present their ID to get in? No, I make everybody wear badges when they're in the house. Kent's wearing a badge right now. I'm only I'm only like clearance level two though. I'm really oh, yeah. disappointed. I, yeah, I no, thought I would have earned the trust to to be you know to get you know some access to a bathroom, but no, no, no. He's just uh, kind of quartered off to the lower you know sections of the house here. Oh, Craig didn't mail you your platinum card already? No, I'm Sorry, I'm not um, privy to no, that. No, never mind. Forget about it. Oh. I, never, I didn't say anything. Mm. Well, I don't think anybody wants us to run with this bit any longer. So let's just go especially ahead. Especially me. Yeah, especially Craig. But let's but like, just go ahead talking and, about and do a little game, game preview as we do any better. Uh, every week. And this is for the final game of the season, week 17. Uh, and we've got three storylines on offense and defense. Uh, I know everybody's kind of looking forward to the, pre- or to, the, to the playoffs. I mean, we are in the exact same boat. But I still think there's some things that we need to talk about. We're going to start with this on the offensive side of the football. Patrick Mahomes is not on the injury report for I, the first time since, what, week one. There's nothing that he is having treatment on right now that has to be reported per NFL rules. I think that's massive because what we're all hoping for, and I think is very realistic, is Patrick Mahomes is going to run through the playoffs and play through a high, at a high level and just... I mean, here's, I've been thinking about this for a while. We have had so many struggles and issues with this football team this entire season. They've had a hard time staying healthy. Patrick Mahomes has had a hard time staying healthy. All of this, all of this, you know, he's been forgotten, I think, mm-hmm. in, in, in the minds of some people out there. I think it would just be poetic. It'd be perfect. And it would be very fitting if Patrick Mahomes just went ahead and ran through the playoffs and led this team to a Super Bowl and just built on his legend. That would be dandy for a Chiefs fan. I mean, I'm hoping we get that. <laughs> dandy. I would, I would enjoy this happening. And I think each week you're seeing a little bit more of that return to a, 
I don't want to say Mahomes of last year because I think he's doing some stuff better than he was even last year. But you're, just, you're seeing a higher level of comfort out of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if the Chargers are really going to present you a ton of opportunity to showcase anything brand new. We're mostly waiting for the playoffs to see that happen. But it's a good sign going forward. Pat's healthy. Keep him healthy this week. You do need to win, hopefully, so you can keep that three seed. You would much rather be the three than the four seed, I think, here getting to New England if you win your first game is a lot better than Baltimore. So the Chiefs are going to try to win, but more importantly, keep Pat healthy. Don't let him take a bunch of unnecessary hits, especially how this year started out for him. I think we're all to the point now where we're just kind of – we see it kind of coming together a little bit. You're starting to see the offense playing well. We know the defense has been playing well, but – Pat looks more like Pat. You know, you've seen some glimpses of him looking like the quarterback that he looked like last year. The offense looking a little bit more like it did last year. So, yeah, that has to stay. You've got to keep him healthy. There's some decent pass rushers that they're going to go up against this week. Guys that have given the Chiefs offensive tackles a little bit of fits. So... They need to make sure that they protect him to the best of their ability, keep him healthy, because the worst thing in the world right now would be if Patrick Mahomes was a little gimpy going into the playoffs right after it seems like everything's getting put together finally. The king of transitions, Craig Stout, because the next subject we want to talk about is a key piece of protecting Patrick Mahomes, uh, and it's the running back position. There's been some recent turnover here now. Spencer Ware has been placed on the IR. A guy who had really done a good job, had filled in nicely, I think probably built some confidence uh, in Patrick Mahomes hanging in the pocket, Maddie. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I, everybody sees the fun blocks of Spencer Ware laying somebody out before he goes out into you know his route, or they see him sit in there and pick up a blitz, no problem. But it was almost immediately once he got here, <clears throat> And started getting the playing time that he was able, or Pat started to look better. Like Mahomes, I think, trusts Spencer Ware to pick up a lot of this extra pressure that he may not have had the trust in these other running backs to take care of. And now that Spencer Ware is going to be gone again, I am interested to see if we see the early fleeting Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Is he going to be a little less willing to step up in the pocket and scramble through the middle of it rather than out the backside? It's just going to be interesting to watch how he reacts and no Spencer Ware out there anymore. Yeah, definitely the case because we don't know who that protection back's going to be. We assume it's Damian Williams because he's kind of been the lead back throughout a lot of this process. Uh, we know it's probably not Darwin Thompson, just based on what we've seen so far. He can't get on the field. A large part of that is because of pass protection. But, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if LaShawn McCoy takes over a little bit more of that after being inactive. It doesn't seem like they've got real future plans for him, but if they trust him a little bit more to set protections and do all that, if we see a little bit more of him, or if it's realistically just going to be the Damian Williams show from here on out. I wonder at some point if we see Anthony Sherman in the mix a little bit more, just because protecting the homes is such a critical piece to all this. It's going to be kind of interesting because I don't know if there's someone that you really want to hang your hat on as far as, you know, who you trust. Darwin Thompson, I know there's like a lot of love for him and there should be. We love him too. We love him too. I think there's a lot of love for him as a pass protector because he cuts guys and there's some like flashy clips of him cutting down a player. But I think we've said this and we said this in the preseason, cutting 
is not a sustainable technique for pass protection. It's just not gonna hold up over the course of an entire season. You've gotta be able to sink your hips and, 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 and keep a steady base in pass pro. You've gotta be able to do that. We haven't seen that from Darwin Thompson. I love Darwin Thompson, but we need to see that from him more consistently, more than just cutting. If he's gonna be able to to play a significant role running back, uh, another big piece cutting. of this, I couldn't. <laughs> Derwin James, we didn't get to see him the last time the Chiefs played uh, the Chargers. He was all a guy that I know. Maddie was in love with him in the draft process. I liked him. I didn't love him as much as Maddie, but <laughs> he's a okay, dynamic piece. Yeah, he's a dynamic piece. He's. Uh, exceptional talent can do a lot of different things maddie i know you're excited about him i'm not particularly excited to play against him twice right. a year for you know however long now but yeah derwin james is amazing as a player i think everything that people thought he was going to be in the nfl or that he could be coming out of college into the nfl he kind of lived up to that reputation all the athletic traits came together you have this Safety. He can play center field. He has as much range as anybody else in the league because of the athleticism, because of the length, but his size allows him to drop into the box. He has experience in man coverage, so he can do that as well. He can play anywhere on the field. He may not be the most fluid cornerback. He may not be the best center field safety in terms of his instincts, but he can do it all at a high level. And then when you want to talk about a guy to erase tight ends, or running backs out in space. I mean, that is Derwin James' game to a T. You're essentially getting a younger version of a Tyron Matthew-type player. The Chargers will play all over the field in various different ways, and they're going to use him to make Patrick Mahomes double-think where he's about to go with the football. Maybe you see Derwin James flash out of the corner of the eye, and you have to check to see what he's doing. That's their goal with him, just like the Chiefs use Tyron Matthew, and that's kind of what you have to look out for if you're the Chiefs going into this game. That Chargers defense with and without Derwin James is completely different. It, it's it's night and day. Derwin James flies around. Derwin James is a tone setter. You know, just watching the past couple of games with Derwin James out there, you know, guys try and throw passes to the flat, and he's lighting guys up. He's making guys kind of short arm some stuff in the middle of the field. He's just a major difference maker on this defense. We saw the Chiefs were. Able to move the ball a little bit on offense um, the first matchup in week 11 there. But it wasn't a situation where you know it was necessarily effortless. I think it's going to be significantly more difficult to move the ball with Derwin James out there. Now, he's just one guy. You can try and avoid him, try and you know find better matchups. There are a lot of talented players on this offense, but he definitely changes the way that you can prepare for this Chargers defense. Interesting enough, the Chiefs or the Chargers are, I believe, one in five in their last six. I mean, obviously he's, you know, mm-hmm. creating all kinds of problems, and he's definitely a guy you need to account for. But I just find it interesting, even though, you know, getting some of these guys back and, and all that kind of stuff, they've really not played well in the home stretch. So that hopefully, you know, this isn't Philip Rivers, you know, his his swan song, and he goes out there and just in a blaze of glory and. You know, finally makes a executes and finishes a fourth quarter comeback. I don't know. I you said home stretch there. Uh, there's no such thing with the Chargers. It's it's called an away stretch. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they haven't had a home game in like three years. Uh, okay, players to watch. I'm going with Travis Kelsey for the Derwin James reason. There, uh, the first matchup 
we got to see Kelsey get a little bit loose. We've seen Travis Kelsey be kind of at his best with Patrick Mahomes the past couple weeks. Kelsey needs about 150 yards to break the tight end receiving record for a single season. And it's one of those things that people just aren't talking about. Like, he's he's been phenomenal. Maddie has been talking about it. But major media hasn't really paid attention to the fact that the guy that's fourth in receiving yards in the NFL is a tight end. So I I think that he's being overlooked a little bit. I want to see him against James. I want to see the sort of things or the sort of ways that they kind of defend him a little bit. But Kelsey, for me, I think is prime for a big game. He's he's still going to be up for this one, even if Week 17 doesn't mean a whole lot. I think that he's got some things to play for, so I think he's going to be up for it. And we need Kelsey to hold his receiving yardage lead over DJ Moore, so that we do not have the top four receiving yardage leaders all in the NFC South. We cannot have that NFL let Travis mm. Kelsey go off. My player to watch is none other than uh, the quarterback, Matt Moore, and to see how early he gets into the game. <laughs> when is he going to take over? How many kneel? Is it just kneel downs? Is he going to throw some passes? I'm thinking we see him mid third quarter. So, so wait, if Matt Moore throws Travis Kelsey the record, does it still count? Well, I mean, it definitely counts. Okay. <laughs> just Travis Kelsey's also going to be out. He's going to be throwing to Blake Bell instead. Oh, wow. I low key just want to throw this out there. I love that Matt Moore is the official Neil Neil Dunn quarterback of this football love team. It. Like it's it's hilarious. Protect the knee. I know. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. For me, Darwin Thompson. I think this is a game where he gets an opportunity to kind of you know get some run here, see um, what they've got with him, give him a, a chance to maybe kind of earn some more trust with this with this staff. And honestly, I'd like to see him in pass protection. Let's throw him to the fire and see what happens in this game. Uh, maybe that's when Matt Moore is in the, <laughs> in the game. But I think this is a chance to get him a little bit of run. You know, I'm sure McCoy will be active and he'll get his cameo in the first you know drive of each half, and then he'll be sitting there in a, in a jacket the rest of the game because that's apparently been the mo of this team for the last nine weeks. But Darwin Thompson, let's let's see what you got, kid. Let's see if they give you a little bit more of an opportunity this week. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back to preview the defense right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Time to move to the defensive side of the football, talking about three storylines on defense for Chiefs Chargers. Week 17, You can the excitement's palpable here. <laughs> We're all just on pins and needles. We're definitely not thinking about the playoffs, but there's still some good stuff. Uh, Craig, you know, one of the things you've kind of been talking about this week uh, and you really noticed and, and have kind of been profiling is the Chiefs use of the dime defense last week. Yeah, they definitely used it a lot more. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is a lot more of a run threat than he is a passing threat at this point in his career. Um, <laughs> they they came out with the ex- express intent of running the read option with Mitchell Trubisky. You saw that early. The Chiefs came out of the gate. They played some nickel early. And when they noticed that Trubisky was running the ball more, they completely and totally switched to the dime. They ran it 85% of the game. I know that we've seen some scenarios like the Chargers against the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs last year, playing the read option with that extra safety, staying in the dime, playing rangier defenders out there. Steve Spagnuolo has not been afraid to go to that dime when he's uh, you know, going up against a run-heavy team. Now, obviously, a power run team, a, a team like the Colts or the Titans that are going to be you know, able to line up with their bigger offensive linemen and be able to kind of pave the way through the interior, those aren't the types of, types of teams that he's going to play against that way. The Chargers this week will see how he uses them. The very first matchup, it was about 39% of the game that they used the dime, and that was mainly to close things out because Phillip Rivers isn't necessarily the run fit or the run threat. I would expect a bunch of nickel this week, but keep an eye on that dime defense going forward in the playoffs. He Steve Spagnolo might end up using it more than any other formation or any other alignment going through towards the rest of the year. Well, you talk about not using the uh, dime with these extra DBs against the interior run. I'm just wondering if Sorensen and Kendall Fuller are any worse against the run up the middle than our current linebackers. So, I mean, I I'm not saying, but maybe I'll hear the argument. Yeah. <laughs> no. I will say, I think Kendall Fuller coming back, getting healthy, improving to be this guy that can play a little corner and a little safety, and I'm not just like in the box safety, but actually drop deep, be the lone deep safety. I think that's helped a lot with this kind of push towards a little bit more dime. It gives them the Chiefs so many different defensive backs that can move. And we've seen the the photos where you take it two seconds before the snap and then at the snap, and these guys are all over the place. Having Fuller back to do a little bit of everything, I think, helps a ton with that. And I think this week, this might even be an interesting week to see some more of the dime or just the nickel. We'll see. But between Hunter Henry and then trying to cover you know, Melvin Gordon or Eckler out of the backfield, you're going to want more defensive backs out there. I think your Kendall Fullers, Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, like that combination of those three, even Dan Sorensen, we saw him make some plays that first matchup. These are all guys that match up better against the tight ends, this running backs than our linebackers or cornerbacks do. So I think that's something to look at. Well, and give these guys, I mean, one of the things you might see with Spags this week is maybe he just gives 
the next opponent something to look at. Mm-hmm. Give them some more eye candy. Gives them some things that they've got to prepare for. So maybe you see dime looks in some situations that you typically haven't seen from this team, even though Phillip Rivers is the quarterback. What kind of stuff do they throw out there this week? I think on the offensive side, too, they might just throw some stuff out there uh, to, to force you know this next next playoff opponent Whoever it is, whether it's in two weeks or one week, it's in it's in one week. Let's just be honest. The, the Dolphins aren't beating the, beating the Patriots. Hold out hope. No. Hold out hope. I will not. God, I've, the nev- magic I've never put in my trust it. in Ryan Fitzpatrick. What One thing to note, um, Steve Spagnuolo has relied a lot on man coverage over the past three weeks about... He's kind of the the weapons or maybe the threat of passing downfield or having to pass, you know, hold on to wide receivers for long periods of time. It hasn't been there recently. I would expect for them to revert. They played about 75% zone in that first matchup. I would expect them to revert and play some pattern matching zones again against this Chargers, you know, set of weapons because it's. It's still a very good set of weapons, regardless of what Philip Rivers does with the ball. All right, let's talk about the pass rush versus a bad offensive line. It sounds like Russell Okung is probably not going this week. Yeah, that'll probably mean that Trent Scott or Trey Pipkins gets to go. That is awesome for Frank Clark. We got to see Frank Clark against these guys the first matchup, and he was absolutely dominant against those guys. I expect for him to have a big game again, but not only that, the rest of their offensive line is not particularly good as well. And the first matchup, it was Frank Clark, Tano Passigno, and Chris Jones. Those were your defensive ends. That was it. Alex Okafor was missing. Emmanuel Ogba was already on IR. They did not have a solid defensive end depth and I feel like they're going into this week with that depth now. Suggs uh, and Frank Clark, Demone Harris, Tano Passigno, those four guys can rotate a little bit more, and they're not playing at Mexican altitude. That means Chris Jones is going to get to play on the interior. Steve Spagnuolo talked about that in his presser today, a little bit about how Chris Jones has had to adapt to having to play all those, but he feels like he's really settled now that he's playing on the interior again. So I would expect that you're going to see an even better pass rush against Phillip Rivers. And we saw what that did to him in that first matchup. It absolutely made him an awful quarterback and threw a bunch of terrible interceptions just because he was terrified of getting hit. So I fully expect that the pass rush is going to be very dominant on Sunday. One thing that we can trust the Chiefs with Steve Spagnuolo to do is to take advantage of bad offensive line play. The blitz, I mean, even when he's not blitzing, the four-man rush, three-man rush when he drops stuff out or when he brings the extra pressure, they have destroyed bad offensive lines with their pass rush all year long, even going back to when the defense wasn't playing as well. If you had a bad offensive line, the Chiefs were able to take advantage of it. This is not the week I think that disappears. I think you're going to see Suggs get a little bit more action as a pass rusher just because the Bears kind of did a good job getting the ball out of Trubisky's hands, showing the run threat, little things like that. You're going to see Chris Jones is going to have another monster game. I think Frank Clark gets back in the stat sheet. It's a game where everyone can really light it up. And like I said, Steve Spagnola is killing bad offensive line play right now. So this is another week to look forward to that. Okay, one more storyline this week. I, I'm kind of curious to see how these young – oh. 
Maddie, did you have something? Well, yeah, no, I I had. I would, see, behind the scenes, this is a blank topic that we had here, and I, I was supposed to come up with it on the fly, and I did oh. my job, but Ken's just trying to railroad me. I wasn't <laughs> saying you had to come up with it, but Maddie, please lead. All right, I'd like to pose a question to you two, and this is kind of like the training camp game, so oh, no. be ready. Uh-oh. No, not really. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, if there was one player on defense that is going to have his best game for the Chiefs this week, who would that be that makes you feel the best about it going into the playoffs? Ooh. So which player needs to have, if they have their best performance, your confidence level in this defense raises up a notch? Um, Daniel Sorensen. I, I think it's Dan Sorensen for me. Dan has been playing increasingly more snaps. Not that he's necessarily been bad by any means, but I, I think that they're going to rely on him and rely on that three safety nickel and their dime defense a lot more going forward. If Dan Sorensen gets on one here, he could be a sneaky, you know, low-key MVP for the defense Ooh. down the stretch. I've got one. It's in the, it's kind of a high-profile name, but there's a reason behind it. It's Chris Jones. Because I think the last couple of weeks, you've seen Chris Jones get a little bit frustrated. I feel like if you've been watching him a little bit, watching his body language, watching some of how he's played, I don't think he's felt uh, great. I don't think he's... I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say he's not brought his A game, but I just it feels like he's been frustrated with something. Whether I don't know if it's just his lack of production, lack of getting a sack. He got his little sack last week. Um, but I... I think this would be a good opportunity for everyone to just be reminded that you know Chris Jones can change a football game. It doesn't feel like maybe the last couple of weeks he's been able to do some of the things that you're typically used to with him. This could be a game where he disrupts the football game and peaks at the right time, gets some confidence right before um, you know this the preseason or the, the postseason starts, and and that would be a big jump for this team because getting that impact interior defensive pressure would be massive for this football team. And Chris Jones in that first matchup. Zero sacks, zero tackles. He had one QB hit, and he had two batted balls right there at the end of the game. I think everybody remembers there. So he did have an effect on the very end, but it took him the entire game there in Mexico, you know, conditioning and everything like that. There's and Not playing out of him. playing out of position and everything like that. But I think he wants to put his stamp on something. I think the back-to-back between that and the Titans game was kind of where everyone started to say, maybe Chris Jones should not be playing defensive end anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of feel like that's weird. For me, it's Traverius Ward. I don't trust any linebacker if they have their best game that's really going to carry a lot of weight into the playoffs. So I, w- I would pick linebacker. But I think Traverius Ward, he's been up and down this year, and he still has his faults. I know he made a nice pass breakup in the red zone, and there was a couple other incomplete balls down the sideline his way. I feel like he was beat on a couple of those, and it was just a very poorly thrown football that allowed him not to give up yards. But if Charverius Ward has one of his best games of the year, if he breaks up some passes, if he stays sticky in coverage and stops quarterbacks from throwing at him, if the idea is no longer to challenge Charverius Ward downfield, to challenge him vertically, instead you're going to have to throw at Breland or Juan Thornhill or Tyron Matthew or anyone else, and I really like the ball skills and the way the rest of that secondary is playing. If you're going to challenge those three guys more than you were to start, you know, before this game because of Charvarius Ward's play, I think the Chiefs come away with another turnover. You're challenging three guys that have good ball skills. I would like to see Ward force less pass attempts his way and towards these other players that are better, make bigger plays on the ball. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. That'd be a really good time for him to kind of just scare some teams off a little bit, right? 
Okay. Players to watch, Craig. Guys, I'm going to make a very bold prediction here. Frank Clark is reaching double-digit sacks. Oh, where's he at right now? He is at seven. He needs three. The last time these teams met and he matched up against these offensive tackles, he essentially had two. That interception Derek Nottie had was practically a sack. And he was in Phillip Rivers' head all day. The Chargers do a terrible job of chipping good pass rushers, you know, helping out their quarterback. Phillip Rivers, as we noticed earlier this year and as we've kind of seen as it's gone along, he holds on to the ball a little bit longer. Frank Clark is going to come out in Arrowhead ready to go. There's been all this news about Terrell Suggs, all these guys getting all these accolades. Maybe, Maybe people forgot about Frank Clark a little bit. I think he comes out and he has a monster day again, and that translates into three sacks for Frank and he ends up with 10 on the year. My player to watch is Armani Watts. When the Chiefs get up big, late third, early fourth, <laughs> they pull their starters. We've seen Jordan Lucas out there with the starters or in that first set of backups. We've seen him make some plays or be around. What's Armani Watts been up to? You know, they're playing four safeties, or yeah, four safeties at a time, playing six defensive backs a lot, and Armani Watts isn't getting any snaps. Let's see him get on the field, get some useful reps. Maybe we can get him off special teams going into his third season. Just see what he's up to, you know? Get some some fresh blood out there as much as the choo-choo Lucas Locomotive has done for us. I think it's time to move on to another young safety that shows more promise. Hopefully that can be Watts. Wow. I, I, mean, I mean, hang on, hang on here. Before we go any further, that's, that's amazing that you picked Matt Moore and Armani Watts <laughs> for this Week 17 matchup. But I just want to point out, Dorian O'Daniel, to this point in the year, how many defensive snaps has he logged? Zero? I believe it's zero. Wow. Guys, I think every other contributor on this defense has logged a defensive snap. I think... I, I I think that should tell you everything you need to know about that. Well, cat yeah, right I now. can't pick Dorian O'Daniel because he's not going to play. They're going to play Ben Neiman instead. So I pick Armani Watts. He at least sees the field when every single starter has been pulled off. I think that should tell you everything you need to know about the 2018 draft class. Yeah, mm-hmm. interception, Derek Nottie. Uh, it's true. The only redeeming quality for me. Rashad Fenton, mostly out of just curiosity to see if he is indeed carving himself out a role for the playoffs moving forward. Last week, did not, I believe he was inactive. Yes, he was. Uh, and it could have been because he was still trying to, you know, come back from the injury a little bit and all that stuff. I think this is the week to find out. Is Rashad Fenton part of their plans for the playoffs? Is he going to be a special team contributor? Is he going to be in some kind of backup nickel role? Uh, who knows? We're going to find out. Uh, whether or not he's active. And whether, I mean, if he's not active this week, my guess is there's no plans to use him in the playoffs. And Alex Brown has surpassed him in some of these special teams' capacities and and some of these (laughs) cornerback capacities. All right, game predictions. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be close. Uh, The first matchup, the Chiefs' defense held their own, kind of. They gave up a lot of yards, not a ton of points. Chiefs' offense didn't look particularly good, but they were able to hang on and win in Mexico. This is going to be completely different. It's an arrowhead. It's at home. The Chiefs' defense is clicking and healthier than it was the last time these two teams met. And the Chiefs' offense is playing at a much higher level. 
I think that the Chiefs are going to just run away with this one, 31 to 17. I think he's going to be a little bit of a nail biter going down to the last second. I'm kidding. I'm watching Matt Moore and Armani Watts. <laughs> it can't be a nail biter. Chiefs win this one 34 to, let's go 17. I think it's a nice 28 to three kind of game when all the starters kind of get pulled there in the early part to the later part of the second half. A little garbage time touchdowns both ways. You know, little two-digit score lead uh, here for the Chiefs as they ride off into the playoffs to face, hopefully, the Oakland Raiders. Sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, Star Wars Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I quote tweeted the wrong uh, Twitter account. Yeah, Kent had uh, Raiders fans in his mentions oh this week. They were angry. Yo, it was Christmas, and I was getting things I've never seen on Twitter. <laughs> That's saying something. I think it's a. I think it's a blowout. I think it's twenty-eight ten. I, I think the Chiefs go out. They play well. They play sharp. They use this game as an opportunity to continue to build because I think the 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 mo of this football team the last couple of weeks has been. We're gonna try to build on 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 all this to try to to get ready for this, you know, big playoff stretch. the The mood has changed around this building. I think it stays. I think they have a good week. They had a good week of practice. They go out. They play well. The Chargers give up early because they're on to whatever they'll, beach they're gonna be sitting on. They they will give up. They'll give they, up. Yeah, I mean, they will give up. It, it, they're gonna give up pretty quick. Twenty eight to ten. Matt Moore All three throws of us a tutty to McCole Hardman. Ooh. All three of us. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm so scared. <laughs> Joey Ivy's pass rush. <laughs> what are we going to do about Joey Ivy's pass rush? R.I.P. Joey Ivy. I cannot wait until Xavier Williams takes a snap over... Pinnell and just to watch Chiefs Twitter blow up. <laughs> Thank God forbid anybody else touch the field besides Pinnell ever. Hey, my, Mike, you had a good game last week. He had a couple. He's he, had all he, good he games. Had, he, had, he had a couple games there in the middle there where it wasn't great, but he had a good game again last week. All right, that's gonna do it for the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory, the at the last regular season one. Yes. So uh, thank you guys so much. Hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Hope you got to spend time with your family. Thank you for spending 30 minutes with us to talk about this Chiefs game that I'm sure we're all just uber psyched about. We'll catch you later. Go Dolphins. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.